You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here. Another Wednesday is upon us. Woden's Day. It is April 12th, 2023. Hope you're doing uh, well wherever you are. Appreciate you being here. Uh, we have a jam-packed show lined up for you guys today. A lot to get into. A lot of things happening. Now, we didn't do Western Warrior over the weekend, so it feels like it's like we got to do two shows in one here now. We're not going to be able to pull that off. But uh, look, there's some <laughs> important things happening, I would say, with the, uh, the Pentagon document leak and stuff like that. That schism that we've kind of been monitoring for a while now. Uh, well, schism, the multipolar uh, world order. You know, you know what we're talking about. If you're a regular, uh, that is certainly heating up, right? Uh, the decline of the U.S. as the Russia-China bloc, the BRICS countries, whatever you want to call them, uh, are kind of uh, you know increasing. They're they're on the up and up. Things are actually going uh, somewhat good for them, and uh, America is going uh, down the tubes. And there's some countries that don't know uh, kind of what to make of this. Uh, France is kind of like. Ah, we might go with China now instead. So anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, and and try to kind of put that in perspective, what it means for uh, for us and the things that we are concerned about. Because as things get more and more chaotic, that that could mean positive things, but not always. Of course, this could be uh, it could be worse in some regards. It kind of depends on on how the uh, how the cards fall, as they say. Uh, but it could also be something that's uh, that's very very good. International order. Uh, if it's more confusion on that front, I think there's more possibility for uh, individual countries and even smaller zones in countries to do their own thing and things like that, uh, which I think ultimately uh, would be to uh, to benefit of us. At least then we can restore the empire. <laughs> All right. Now, anyway, uh, we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about journalism, too, in general. There's, there's been a couple of stories out here uh, over the last few days that just and, and we'll go into the archives, too, and dig some out of just like why they are so universally hated <laughs> and that they keep doing this to themselves right so we'll begin watching a little bit uh, some clips from the uh the elon musk uh, interview that he did with uh, with bbc and he did a good job there's a lot there's a lot you can say about that and it's kind of like three levels to it like level one is like oh this is this is great he's totally owning them you know but then you drill down a little bit you get a little bit more you know curious like is, is really he's performing you know, kind of bare bones minimum at what you should do. This is just like a normal default state for anybody that's like sane and normal and rational to take this approach to how the media lies in these days. Uh, but, you know, we're ready to hand out gold medals because <laughs> we're such desperate need uh, of actually having people uh, that uh, even with lukewarm uh, IQ can can just put some of these people in their place. But anyway, you know, overall, Elon did a good job. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. Uh, and some other stories uh, from these journos uh, of uh, of why we all hate them, right? So anyway, that will kind of be some of the themes today. We'll see what we can get to later in the show. As I said, we have uh, some stuff about Dalai Lama. I follow, follow our Telegram. You know what, what I'm talking about. Uh, I actually want to talk about... Well, this is a hard one, but um, I'm going to mention Rick Strassman a little bit later if we have time, too. Remember the guy who had uh, the DMT spirit molecule? There's an interesting way we can kind of put him in context uh, a little bit. Uh, so anyway, we'll see if we can get to that. Otherwise, we'll I'll probably save it for Friday if we don't have time. But anyway, so guys, if you want to join us uh, today, Super Chat, live slash Red Ice TV. We keep it on Odyssey and Rumble as well. Uh, thank you guys for uh, for joining us. So why don't we begin with this? We get we got another uh, we got on a based black guy uh, take here the other day. We've uh, there's a couple of these guys out there, right? <clears throat> Zuby, you know you know who this is. 
Zuby. He's like he's been on a trigonometry, which of course we learned uh, again just uh, the other day. That went after what was it, the uh, pearls or what's her name? She's a racist because she was hosting Fuentes or something like that, right? Uh, while of course the uh, kissing guy, what's his first name again? I always forget his first name. Uh, Constantine, is it with a K? Constantine Kissin, I think it is, uh, who was Jewish, mentioned a while back that clip where basically it's very bad for white people to organize, you see, because that means, well, just look at history, implying, you know, M- Holocaust TM, because it always leads to cattle cars and, and concentration camps uh, as soon as white people gets going and basically stand up for themselves. And this was during an interview that he did with one of the girls, I believe, that actually had been raped and abused uh, by hundreds of, like, Muslims in the UK. Uh, And we're talking, you know, thousands of girls, like, on an industrial scale over decades. That's when he brings out that choice comment. Well, you should not be allowed to organize. We can't have white people standing up for themselves, ensuring their protection and their safety. See, because if we do that, they will be... then it will be bad for my ethnic group. Do you see what I'm saying? Can we play? Well, let's play that clip. Why don't you just sit here and talking about it? Hello, you doing, Henrik? Just play the damn clip. Here we go. Check this. <laughs> check check this out. Here we go. And now, why people need to advocate for themselves? That's not. You know, you talk about history. Not a healthy recipe. No, no. Not a healthy recipe. Not a healthy. What? the fuck are you talking about? And this is Dangerfield here. The one thing that would have protected this woman. The one thing that would have stopped and prevented all these rapes happening. Ethnic English people being a collective, like most countries around the fucking planet are, like her rapists are. The one thing that would have not only prevented it happening, but the one thing that might stop it happening to hundreds of thousands of girls again, you, you disgusting little bastard, dare say, well, we're white people collectivized, look at history. What the fuck? <laughs> really? Absolutely correct, Dangerfield. Don't collectivize white people because, oh, 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 you know, look at history. Yeah. Uh, and that was to a girl that just had been raped by the Muslim, these Muslim gangs, right? So anyway, that's, that's, you know, that's the kind of show that Zuby goes on. <laughs> He's a based rapper, I think. He said, diversity is a natural byproduct of freedom, TM, and just letting humans be human. We don't need to force it and announce that you're forcing it. That's right. <clears throat> so we had a good reply to that one here by uh, Ewan C. Forbes. If it was the natural byproduct of freedom and didn't need to be forced, then why was it delivered, at least in the U.S., and there's comparable situations or if not directly by the barrel of a gun, as he says here, in the U.S. it was by, by a barrel of a gun. Uh, it was by the barrel of a shaming campaign, or whatever you want to call it, right? And why did the entire West have to outlaw the liberal principle of freedom of association and introduce limits to free speech to accommodate it? That's what it is. I mean, how many shows have we not talked about the disproportionate uh, racial violence, right, against against white people? Uh, we, we've ad infinitum. In, in fact, it comes repetitive to bring it up in every damn show, but that seems to be what it is. So we had another based black guy, TM, uh, here. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, Bryson Gray. <laughs> is he was he uh, was he affiliated with uh, the the America First thing for a while, or is he still that? Anyway, 
Look, I'm not going to relitigate all those things that we've talked about regarding that. If you're if you're new, uh, just <laughs> I guess catch up in the archives in terms of like what actually is going on, uh, and 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 that whites is the only group that can't organize on any kind of capacity to defend itself. I mean, we will anyway. But I'm just saying, uh, you know, that that's the the the, the, the establishment's most highest priority and of concern essentially. Uh, is so-called uh, you know white supremacy. And what does that mean? Well, that basically means any white people, the white person, they don't want to you know shit on themselves and their ancestry and their heritage and don't want to be replaced in their own homelands and things like that. Anyway, he, Bryson Gray here. Uh, is there a race, racial, you know, disproportionate uh, racial problem in America when it comes to the crime statistics? It was asked by uh, Ethan Ralph. That I mean, I'm just saying. Do you think that there's a black on white crime problem in the United States? No. <laughs> anyway, that's even funnier when you put everything in perspective. I, I should have a like a clip sh- or ready a mashup, as they call it, right? And just have all of these things ready in clips and just show you everything. But yeah, we put we put it on Telegram regularly. We we show it in the in the show all the time. We don't have to. Is that is that all we can is that all we can get from the base black guy TM? Is that is that it? That's the that's the take. Still, kind of. I mean, I, look, I haven't followed everything Bryce Bryson Gray says, right? Where everything he, he's, he's talking about, but it is interesting that that there's still kind of a. It's it, you don't get that like kind of seeing beyond race or let's not a, you know focus on that. It's still a defense of their own internal ethnic group, right? Because this would reflect negatively on on him. And instead, it, it, and it's not, you have to hold him personally responsible. But it's this thing that okay, well then you have to take it up with your with your with your group, right? Why why does your group have an issue uh, in regards to these kinds of things? Many certainly, maybe not you personally, but many on your you know your side of the fence, racially speaking, of course, hold every single white person responsible all the time for everything, right? I mean, took it. Uh, what was it? The uh, some 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 recent stats just to show you one here. Uh, 4.5% in the demographics of American murder. Will one out of every 22 black males commit murder? Public data from the FBI and CDC makes a compelling case. Right, and we've shown you these graphs over and over. <laughs> but this is what you get, right? <clears throat> Man, it's it's just, it's also, how, do they, how does it go? It's also tiresome. Uh, isn't, uh, isn't that what it is? All right, anyway. Uh... What do we have here? What do we have? I missed that one. Uh, Sith22 says, uh, keep up the great work. Red Eyes, here's some uh, love from Rumble. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, monthly supporters, well over on Rumble. Sith22, thank you. That's right, Kennedy. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you for the support. So, uh, yes, I saw, <coughs> excuse me, Kettle comment on uh, on Odyssey as well. Uh, you know what? I had that in the, I think we should mention that regarding <laughs> what's happening in Sweden a little bit because it is kind of interesting. The is what I'm talking about, the shaming campaign, right? This, uh, just the slightest critique against the multicultural state, and it's just the whips are out immediately to 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 force these. This is a, a, sw- a Swedish singer, right? She's very, you know, I'd say popular throughout the decades. She won uh, Eurovision Song Contest a few times and things like that. And she basically just did an interview, forget what it was, Dagens Nyheter or something like that. It's one of the mainstream papers. Uh, and just like, I'm concerned about the development of the country. And obviously, you know, it was this was in context of immigration and uh, basically how there are gang criminality in the country and all these other people are taking over and things like that. It's, it's like, well, she didn't say that, but I'm saying that's the obvious, you know, kind of natural outcome of what she's talking about. People are just, you know, living according to their own customs. They don't, you know, stand up for Swedish custom, anything like that. Total disregard, right? And for that, she was 
vehemently whipped back into place. And then unfortunately, the dumbass goes on to like apologize. Essentially, I read through her post on Instagram and I'm just like, what is she? What? I don't know. It, it's just, it's a fucking joke, everything. Zyre Free says, uh, war, Afghanistan, Iraq, etc. Regime change, nation raping by US and UK created refugees. The key is the banksters financing these wars and chaos. Um, who are the bankers? That's right. Yeah, we can ask ourselves. We have a little segment segment on that uh, a little bit later in the show. Uh, not directly who are the bankers, but uh, <clears throat> to give you a little bit of a hint. Okay. Anyway, let's get going with the uh, Elon Musk interview here. So fairly good. I forget if this is today or yesterday. I think he live streamed it to um, uh, to Twitter Spaces like right away, and then the video that was just so that's just audio, but then the actual video came out. So good good breakdown overall. And uh, but this is exemplary in terms of like at least how to expose some of these journalists and in how simple it is. Uh, you know, to do this, to be honest, because it's just, it's just such a rotten state uh, by the so-called by, by the so-called profession, and just the slightest pushback, and they cannot answer. So here's uh, let's begin with this first clip here regarding yeah. Uh, it's always that Donald Trump is back. What, what what's that? What's going on? One of those policy decisions was to bring Donald Trump back. He hasn't actually tweeted yet. Right. Do you expect him to come back at any point? Like, have you have you spoken to him? I haven't spoken to him. Uh, I don't know. He may or may not come back. Uh, the, but, the, but the point is that uh, Twitter should be uh, a town square that or, that is uh, gives uh, equal voice to you know the the whole country and ideally the whole world. Um, it should not be a partisan politics, uh, you know, and and the more of a partisan politics that are on the very far left of the spectrum. San Francisco Berkeley politics normally is quite niche, um, but if, if Twitter effectively acted as a megaphone for uh, very niche regional politics and and megaphone that to the world. So if in order for something to serve as a digital town square, it must uh, you know serve all people from all political persuasions, uh, provided it's legal. Um, so you know, cl close to half the country uh, voted for Trump. Uh, I wasn't one of them. I voted for Biden. Um, but nonetheless, uh, <laughs> not that it matters, I guess. Meaningless unless you allow people uh, you don't like to say things you don't like. Otherwise, it's irrelevant. Um, and if at the point at which you lose uh, free speech, uh, it doesn't come back. <clears throat> See how smug is the BBC journalist there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if this is. I think this is Elon's like his setup, his his shot here, kind of thing. Uh, we'll see how if we can get a. Um, once it's released on BBC. However, they try to spin this. Uh, maybe the BBC did release it. I see the tag up in the uh, top left corner. So maybe they, maybe this is their shot then. But whatever. Um, see how simple that is? I mean, Elon is not perfect. We've talked about this. Mass there are tons of issues. But certainly, he's done a thousand times better than most of the other one have by this by this stage, right? And as we can talk about later, there's many journalists are very upset about some of the people that are back uh, on Twitter. So that's good. Free it's very simple, right? Okay, you know, you can think of the laws what you want or whatever, because, you know, they impose absurd laws in some cases, but that's, you know, that's what he can do. As long as it's legal, he should be, you know, people should be able to talk about it. That's fine. And and why then, if we have free speech or, you know, freedom of the press even, in many Western countries, at least, the purpose of that is not to defend the popular speech that everybody's talking about. The purpose of that is to defend the very speech that is uh, on the you know on the fringes, if you will, 
or at least like m maybe not massively enforced by the establishment at least it could be it can actually still be popular but still kind of be, be frowned upon it's kind of like the immigration debate is like that oh it's frowned upon talking about these kinds of issues you should no 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 but if you ask most people they don't want any of this shit so you, know, you could argue that it's not about popularity but you know just for the sake of the example that here's something being said that the majority of people don't like. That's what the so-called free speech laws is is to protect, right? To ensure that they don't end up in trouble for saying things that are unpopular. But it's super simple. Just keep it simple. And they don't even know how to respond. So it continues here. Uh, regarding misinformation, what's a good answer from Elon here too? Do you think you prioritize freedom of speech over misinformation and hate speech? Well, you know, who's to say that something, something is misinformation? Um, who's the arbiter of that? Is it the BBC? Yes, <laughs> of course. Are you literally, literally asking me? Yes. Well, no, you, you, are the, the you are the arbiter on Twitter because you own Twitter. Yes, I'm saying who, who is to say that one person's misinformation is another person's information? Um, at the point at which you, you say that there is, uh, this is misinformation. Like, who is you, going to decide that? You accept that misinformation that? can be dangerous, that it can cause yes. real-world harms, that it can potentially cause... Um, yeah, so the point I'm trying to make is that the BBC itself has, at times, published things that are false. Do you agree that that has occurred? I, 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 I'm quite sure the BBC have uh, said things before that turn out to not be true. Correct. Uh, it, it is whatever it is, hundred year history. I'm there, thinking. exactly. Okay, okay, all right. Maybe like in a in a gazil gazillion years, we got one thing wrong. Okay, all right. I'll give I'll give you that. <laughs> but otherwise, but you're not an you're not an authoritative source anymore, Elon. Okay. Yes. Even if you aspire to be accurate. There are times when it will, you, you will not be. Exactly. So again, a freedom of speech is the right to be wrong. <laughs> That's literally what it is, in a way, you could say. Because, in a way, right. I mean, let's, look, it's like there are certain things that be very easily and objectively verifiable. There's a, I think I brought up the example with, with Adam when it was on Friday, right? You have a, scores in a, in a football match or whatever, right? There's like, there's a, there's a, a result of what it is. I mean, yeah, look, you can always go down into some empirical... Was the judge, you know, the the referee was wrong? You know, but it's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying like you can, okay, you know, uh, three for Mexico, you know, soccer for Americans, their football, uh, and uh, uh, three for Argentina, whatever, like you know, or five four in in a match. That's you know that you don't have to argue that much about. It. It's not that, but then when you get into the philosophical things, ideological things. Um, empirical, like how how does how does how does things work? Right, you got to have a lot of room. And the and the more weight it is in terms of the consequences of it, the more room you have to leave intentionally for a, a wide view as wide as possible, right? But we've gone in the opposite direction. The more the more the establishment loses, and the more these in, you know important questions that they juggle, the more they narrow the field and say only there's only this one thing. It's like the Google guy that we played as well, uh, Eric Eric Schmidt, right? The Google CEO. We need to give you one answer. There is only one correct answer. And a certain certain type of information, that's correct. But it's like the science, right? The science of whatever thing is always evolving. You can always find out something new. That's the very idea of that. It will it'll never be settled. It can never be settled in a way. Maybe it can, but you don't know that until you found the things that you didn't know that changed the results or whatever. And so you have to leave room for that, right? Otherwise, we would be uh, stuck in the Stone Age. So, but see what's nipple lettuce. And then Elon kind of brings up the COVID thing, which is a, a good example. Check this out. 
does the BBC uh, hold itself at all responsible for misinformation re regarding ma masking and, and side effects of vaccinations? Good. And not reporting on that at all? It's, this Again, it's like bare bones minimum, but at least he's doing it. And what about the fact that the BBC was put under pressure by the British government to change its editorial policy? Are you aware of that? This is, a, this is not an interview about the BBC. Oh, you thought it wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> I, I see now why you've done Twitter spaces. I am not a representative of the BBC's editorial policy. I want to make that clear. Okay, yeah, so he, he reveals it there. He, d he did go out on the Twitter spaces, but it's good for him doing the live. Let's talk about something else. You want to talk about the BBC? Let's, right. let's move on. Let's, 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 talk about, let's talk about something else. You weren't expecting that. <laughs> let's talk about something else. <laughs> let's, just, let's just move on, <clears throat> okay? I, don't, I can't say anything to that, so let's just move on. Okay, here's more regarding uh, what, who to trust here, right? Establishment journalists or those who are, uh, you know, well, they call them citizen journalists. But we, we know what they mean when they say that, right? Independent people, those who are not tied necessarily to, uh, you know, big organizations and establishment uh, uh, hack, hack organizations like the BBC. Well, I mean, I, I think the, the media is a driver of misinformation much more than the media would like to admit that they are. Um, I mean, that's a different question. Yeah, um, but you are sort of saying like, like who who knows best, the average citizen or you know, uh, so, someone who who is a journalist. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, um, it is the average citizen that knows more than than the journalist. In fact, I mean, very often when I see an article about some uh, something that I know a lot about, and I, I read the article, and it's like that it, they get a lot wrong. Um, yes, and uh, you know. It, so the best interpretation is there is someone who doesn't really understand what's going on in industry, has only a few facts to play with, has to come up with an article. Now, it's going to be, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to hit the bullseye. Um, uh, so, so then, like, generally, this is what, how I explain to other people. If, if, if you read an article about something... And, that, and then add on to that, like, the propaganda behind the thing, the objective, the narrative has to be enforced, these kinds of things, then you're completely off. I mean, the, you know, there's a, a few occasions where, like, and there's a local media in Sweden and things like that, but you know, actually, well, obviously, there's things more recently with their tagging red eyes and stuff like that too. Like where I know they just like this is just completely fucking made up. You know what I mean? Uh, but even but even disregarding that of like the active smear campaigns against me and Lana and Red Eyes and things like that in, in mainstream publications, uh, even other things that happen, you know, around like there was. Uh, a murder ones in the school I went to and stuff, and they they were talking about that, and they got that they got everything wrong every every de almost every detail was wrong and it's like you, you look at that and you're just like huh hmm is that true for other stories and that's of course uh, elon's point there uh, like if you know if you know something about the things that are bringing up you realize what what fucking idiots these people are. know about how much of that how accurate is that article now imagine that that is the that is how all, essentially all articles are they they're, they're an approximation of what's going on but but not in a, not an exact uh, situation. So if somebody is actually, let's say, uh, in the fray or the, like an expert in the field and uh, was actually there and then and writes about their experience of being actually there, I, I think that actually that, that that's uh, in a lot of cases going to be better than, than a journalist because the journalist wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, I agree, Elon. I think we have and then last one, last one, uh, that's one of the best ones here too. Uh, regarding, give me an example of something which is you know, hate speech, right? Listen to this. Content you don't like or, or hateful? What do you mean to describe a hateful thing? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, just content that will solicit a reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think it's faggot? <laughs> something is slightly sexist, it should be banned. I, no, is that I'm what you're saying? racism. Elon, there's racisms. Can you uh, can you take that down for us? So I'm not saying anything. I'm well, saying. I'm just curious. I'm, I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful con content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but... why I'm asking for examples. <laughs> Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I don't, can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said you, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, I only look well at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. <laughs> not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last three or four weeks. And I. Well, I, then I how did you see the hateful content? content? Because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken it over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen that you for you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and, and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying, I've, I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, <laughs> and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no no what I claim was <laughs> no. uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is oh. on the rise. Now, oh, no, whether whether it has on my point of view I mean, I, right, and Literally you can, can look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK. They will say that. So you, they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? That I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Give you, Let's give move an example on. of that, we then. Have, we only have a certain <clears throat> amount of time. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> Let's move on. He's a liar. All right. Um, this is what you get, right? And, and so, again, good good for Elon. You know, I mean, it's this is simple. You know, he's supposed to be a high IQ guy, so this should not be... I mean, it didn't look necessarily particularly that kind of straining on him in any kind of way, right? But imagine, imagine if these people actually got in a setting, in, in a room where they actually were, you know, properly scrutinized. <laughs> they were just like a lose in a second, and that's why they have to limit the, the, their shit. Um, no, this is, what, this is what they do. They just lie and exaggerate to get their way, right? Bill Hoover says, uh, sorry that I keep mentioning this. Ken Burns documentary, but the propaganda is amazing. They are claiming that when the Russians was pushing back the German Germans, Himmler ordered people to dig up all the bodies they killed and grind the bones down so there were no evidence, then killed the people that dig uh, that did the digging. Yeah, it says, I think he has two out, right? I got to check out the latest one, uh, uh, Bill. But yeah, thank you for the uh, uh, for the tip there. Though those are always. Uh, Entertaining, I guess, if that's the right word. Uh, Ken Burns. I'll make sure to check it out. Uh, but yeah, thank you for the reminder, Bill. No, no worries. Uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, maybe we can do a segment for it, at least in the like Western Warrior or something like that. Thank you, Bill. Uh, appreciate that. We also have. Uh, I don't want to miss this here. Uh, we have uh, Hexagon Podcast. Uh, the uh, uh, the Jews opposes any efforts 
by whites to collectivize. So collectivize we must. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's nothing. Uh, it's it's uh, it's just stigma, especially for you know white people, where I say, well, Western civilization, you know, rugged individualism, right? Uh, which has been our worst uh, enemy, you could argue. I mean, there are aspects of it that are great, especially when you have a homogenized uh, society, when you don't need that type of collectivization. But now, of course, uh, when we're under pressure by collectivized groups, we have to, in order to survive, do the same thing. That's right. Thank you, uh, Hexagod. I uh, appreciate that. So check out this uh, Washington Post piece, a perfect example of putting this in perspective. And you know what? There, there are a number of other ones. Um, let me see if I can find a few of those. You guys, have, if you're... You know, if you've been with us for a while, you've seen some of them. Um, yeah, the free speech thing. There's even the, what's it, this, don't do your own research. Let me see if I can find these just real quick, because i got to show those, at least the, the headlines of it, too. Uh, yes, okay, we got a, we got a couple of those done. Newsrooms that move beyond objectivity can build trust. That's from uh, January this year, late January. But this, there is a couple of these, like, perfect examples, right, of like, we just need to uh, basically go in the complete opposite direction of what our profession was supposed to be about, right? New York Times, here, here they are, right? Free speech is killing us. Remember this? Noxious language online is causing real-world violence. That's right, but not, well, not when they do it. Not when they whip up the uh, anti-white rhetoric and all like that. What can we do about it? Of course, we got to shut everything down. America has a free speech problem. Remember this during COVID? You must not do your own research when it comes to science. <laughs> this is this is one of the re one of the many reasons why people hate journalists, right? And you know we could read a lot here, but as you go through this, it's just a bunch of uh, gobbledygook. Uh, here, here's one of the the best uh, portion here, right? <clears throat> there is some confusion about the value of good reporting versus point of view," said current Post executive editor Sally Busby who noted that many journalists want to make a difference on such issue, issues as climate change, immigration, and education. In other words, you know, do what we tell you to do or you're all going to die. That's climate change. Uh, open your borders and replace yourself or you're a bad person. And education is except the dildo, essentially. We stress the value of reporting, she said. What you're able to dig up so you, the reader, can make up your own mind because, you know, that's surely what they do these days. They, they just present you with the evidence and then you can, so you can, you have access to all the different viewpoints. That's what they're known for. <clears throat> but here's how it's going to be pivoting here, right? The consensus among younger journalists is that we got it all wrong. Emilio Garcia Ruiz, editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, told us objectivity has to go. <laughs> Right. And they talk about how he reads as among the vanguard of print broadcasting and digital news leaders who have increased their newsroom's diversity and created new avenues of communicating communication among the reporters and editors to discuss issues and coverage. That's right. White supremacy, ra racism, LGBTQ issues. It's all I think they even begin in the beginning, don't they? Uh, uh, what? Yeah. M by male editors in predominantly white newsrooms. Right. And then further in, it's basically like white supremacy at some point. I forget earlier when I skimmed through it. It's all the same nonsense. But yeah, no, objectivity has to go uh, because it's over. You know, that, that we're, not the, we're not in that business anymore. 
A business is to just be a mouthpiece of the establishment and back them up at all costs, essentially. Or at least try to become our own establishment of sorts, like a media elite. Not that they're very successful in that, but uh, and just shame and shun everyone else who's not uh, going along uh, with their tricks. Uh, now, here's a good one out of Canada. Uh, the uh, Dagalon Boys and, and uh, Platt Army have talked to, uh, they've had some run-ins with, it, with this one, right? Rachel Gilmore, uh, a Canadian so-called journalist, uh, and she was mentioning this piece, by the way, too, the often unbearable cost of being a woman with an opinion online. <clears throat> a disturbing new documentary on misogyny in the digital age shows how women are still being silenced. Yeah, that's right, because if you're male, you don't get any pushback. Uh, and they bring her up here, right, with a, a slew of other ones. Even Christia Friedland, remember that one? The, the, oh, <laughs> during the whole this debacle of the situation in Canada, right? Oh, she's, she's the victim here, you see. That's what's happening. Uh, anyway, there she is. Rachel Gilmore, right mentioned there. She was kvetching the other day here. It's a funny clip. I think uh, the Fairman's Toll shared it, uh, Alex, uh, on racial consciousness on Twitter. <clears throat> and they're so... They're so... She's, she's such a little snot-nosed brat, right, that she thinks... As soon as we report somebody, well, immediately they are, of course, taken down, right? And so because this isn't, didn't happen with Twitter, it's, of course, because Elon Musk is a white supremacist and he's building the new, uh, you know, Nazi party. Um, it, that's the only reason. L listen to her. Listen to her. her. Just her. I don't think I've listened to many clips of this woman before. Imagine being around this, like her... her pitch her tone her attitude for a longer period of time like what what males what what man would want to be around this listen to listen to this here you're not going to believe what i saw when i first logged into twitter this morning just days ago i reported that a self-described national socialist which is a way of saying nazi got verified on twitter oh my god or thanks to twitter blue i personally reported the account when i saw this of course you did <laughs> And I saw multiple others saying that they did. And I saw multiple, uh, uh, and I saw multiple. What's wrong with this chick? Did the same. So what do I see this morning under my algorithmically curated For You tab? The National Socialist account <laughs> bragging about how many followers he's gotten. Ah, uh, let it, let it burn. Oh, she's so irritated about this. Verified. So this means that not only did attempts to report the account not work, at least not yet. But he's actually still being boosted by the algorithm oh, no. as well. I oh, honestly no. don't even know what to say about this. Do you I think Elon Musk even. and Twitter should do something? Should he not do something? Listen to the, the intro here. Listen again. You're not going to believe what I saw when I first You're not going to believe what I saw. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, the, there's a faction. They're like, they hate all women and stuff like that. No, there's a lot of cool uh, women out there, but this is not one of them. <laughs> There's a lot of annoying women like this. It's not because they're a woman. It's because of their political opinions or, or where they stand on the issues. Uh, and maybe where they're a, uh, kind of, I don't know, suspected, uh, suspected uh, wiener in those pants. You never know. Uh, all right. So anyway, it's, it's, fun. it's fun to see them squirm over this. Again, I mean, look, Elon is far from, from, from perfect. And in fact, we mentioned many times before, there could even be some kind of spin on the back end there. Wasn't there something mentioned about how, uh, was it, um, I don't know, maybe this was fake news, but like Twitter 
uh, merged into, let me see if, um, merged with X Corp. Is that actually, is that real? Twitter no longer exists as a company, merges into Musk's X Corp. Okay, here we go. All right, so the, maybe this is not that you trust it just because it's Ars Technica, so you guys can see that. Here we go. Uh, I saw this in passing. We talked about the everything app, right? The X app and things. There, there's things here, you know, and how Musk lined up with, uh, you know, Klaus, the Klaibe Schwab crew and the fourth industrial revolution type of thing. So, yes, very possible there's a there's a negative consequence of this or, or that he's not our, you know, in, in regards to our guy kind of thing, but at least temporarily, right? If he's letting accounts like that uh, have, have access to free speech too, uh, despite the fact that it's unpopular and this, despite the fact that they're uh, national socialists or whatever, good for Elon because it's like, what's what's the damage here, right? These women think it's just immediately that it's like, because we don't like it and 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 because uh, it, it's you know thinking about that it's, it's this constant apology not apologizing but what's the what's the word i, I saw it the other day on a th i forget it was like the young turks or something uh or sam cedar's majority report it's okay it's okay to you know, criticize National Socialism, but communism always gets a pass. The, the two are not even comparable, right? So uh, if you glorify Mao, you know, kind of thing of the, uh, the the great leap forward and things like that, that's that's fine. It's, it's not a problem. You know, they can literally like, they can murder like a hundred million people <laughs> and it's not a problem. Variations of socialism or Marxism or communism or Marxist-Leninism, you know, call it whatever you want, right? It's different shades of it. But in regards to like a demo side, these guys, that side is behind the majority of the deaths, right? But that, but that's totally fine, you see. But as soon as a guy who's a national socialist shows up, huge problem for these people. And they have to get them booted. They have to get them out. They have to get their accounts shut down. Uh, and, that's the, and that's the end of that. So obviously they are going after uh, Elon. You know, it's it, it's at least enough that the liberal kind of media elite are worried enough and some of the the leftists are like, they don't like what he's doing because, again, I said it, it's allowing some perspectives to actually be, you know, slightly... Uh, it, look, there's a count that's still not on there. Um, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think Jared Taylor is back on Twitter. I don't even know if he's, a, he's you know, tried. And on the other hand, he's one of the people that actually sued Twitter, right? So there might be some, like, permanent blacklist or something on his accounts, whatever. But anyway, the point is... You know, there's some accounts they, they do even get let, let back on there, but then they're banned again, like Mark Collett and, you know, some of the, uh, you know, Patriot Alternative uh, people and, and their accounts and things like that. So it's by far not perfect. But Musk has kind of just like Trump did all the he has all the right enemies. So you can almost mistake yourself that like he's he's, you know, he's a he's a good guy. He's fighting the good fight. But that might not be the case. We'll see what happens down the line. Hopefully he um, he just gets better and better. Right. Uh, but in Germany, they could be. Uh, Germany might be uh, actually throwing a bunch of fines on Twitter now over illegal hate speech. It says here, this is uh, TechCrunch. Elon Musk's Twitter could be on the hook for a pipeline of multi-million dollar penalties for failing to take down illegal hate speech in Germany. I haven't seen... Usually, occasionally, there's like these, you know, we, we've reviewed your uh, account or, or a post, I guess it is, and then there's a special clause just for Germany that they set up. And I haven't seen that in a while. Maybe they've like taken that off or taken that down or something like that. But it is crazy in a way that, that, that an entire country can move in 
and just claim a private company, right? Because now it's a private company to do whatever they want you to do. So anyway, hopefully he, you know, what's the course of action? Well, just uh, block the service in Germany and then people in Germany can just use a VPN to go around it or something like that. But anyway, fines could even stack up to billions if the federal government acts on the scores of cases of content moderation in action that have already been reported uh, to it and German courts confirmed the law has been breached. Earlier this week, the federal government announced it was instigating a, procedural, uh, a procedure over suspected systemic failures under the country's hate speech takedown law. The law known as, colloquially uh, as NETS DG. What does that stand for? Some hate speech thing. I'm not sure. NETS, obviously, internet, right? Uh, allows for fines up to 50 million euros per case. The federal government is acting on just a handful of tweets out of hundreds that have been reported and collected in a database. Per lawyer Chan Ju Jun. That sounds uh, fairly German. Very Aryan-sounding name right there. The founder and managing partner of the specialist IT law firm Jun, I, Jun IT Rechtswelte, which means uh, what, uh, uh, like law world, right? Welt is not a world. Uh, Jun is representing the anti-Semitism commissioner of the federal state of Baden-Württemberg. Michael Bloom who says he has been targeted by abusive and defamatory tweets that Twitter has refused to take down. It's uh, interesting how it, it, it turns litigious real damn quick. Some of the abusive tweets were posted by a Twitter user who had been banned before Musk took over the platform, but had his account reinstated in Musk's general S uh, amnesty on suspended accounts. Last year, or late last year, the law firm went to court seeking an injunction against Twitter for failing to act on, uh, on the reports to remove hate speech under the NETS DG law. The legal challenge succeeded in establishing the tweets were illegal, and it appears to have contrib contributed to spurring the federal government into action, which on Tuesday said it had established sufficient inactions of failures in Twitter's complaint management processes to start a process that could result in the first penalty for social media firm for failing to remove illegal content under this gay law. All right, anyways, it goes on from there, but you get the point. So... What what can they do to claim it? In a way, is it very absurd? Like he bought the company; it's his company. Like if Germany doesn't like it, they're responsible to ban. I'm just I'm just thinking of the mechanics of the thing. Like let's let's assume he he refuses, right? Germany is there an extra extradition treaty? I mean, sure, he might not be able to travel to Germany. Then he would be a criminal there, and you know, missed fines and all these charges against him. But what are they going to do? They're going to arrest him and put him in jail because he didn't... I don't know. It's just so fucking absurd. And it's... For the leftists, it's been this like, well, YouTube is a private company. They can ban whoever they want to ban. They can do whatever they want to do. But in this case, of course, no, of course they can't do whatever they want to, want to do. Here's billions more in fines, Musk, you know, kind of thing. So he has obviously... He, he's dealing certainly with his own issues uh, and problems. And there's plenty of that to go around. Uh, for him. So we'll see how he handles, right? The second wanderer says, uh, how can Germany even enforce those fines? Exactly my point. Neither Elon nor Twitter are based in that country. Uh, I would assume there would be like such astronomical sums or something that, that that they like could try to use some kind of international extradition treaty. I don't even know if they have one between the US and Germany. I mean, they 
I mean, Germany is America's bitch, so I'm not sure if <laughs> what would happen there. But no, I agree with you. It's, it's just bizarre. How can they, what, what would happen? How can they even enforce this? It's very bizarre. Uh, War Criminal says, uh, Hail Henrik, cheers from highly organized nation of Diagonal. Good to see you. Thank you. Uh, good to see you guys here, as always. Uh, yeah, what was the... Man, I talked briefly with Jeremy the other day, and then I saw... He's been back... Was was he back in the news? I think it was something briefly about him being, like, mentioned or dragged up again in the media or something like that. But anyway, uh, good uh, good to see you guys. Hang in there. Uh, it, will, uh, it, <laughs> it will get better. Although it's fucking absurd right now. Uh, here's another... Uh, absurd lady here uh, it's isn't this so many of them have have done this now right it was like tony blair goes like oh you know like a war criminal goes on to hand you know becoming like international uh, uh you know ambassador for like a refugee organization or whatever the hell it was it was he was doing or maybe it was one of the milli bands i'm, I'm confusing it but usually these kind of high profile politicians end up in some kind of role where they're still a very strong enforcement of the establishment. Uh, so if we go to New Zealand for a little bit, Jacinda Ardern, who of course resigned here recently, and the new guy is <laughs> just, did you guys see the, the I forget his name now, but um, uh, he, he was asked what a woman is. Did you guys see that? And he couldn't, he's such a politician that he couldn't even like he couldn't even use his own brain and his own reasoning to figure that out. he had to like well our team hasn't prepared these questions for me and i don't know if i i, I can't just you know come up with something right here on the spot something to that effect complete jerk you know what i mean uh, he was worse on some of the covid stuff than even this lady if you can believe it i forget his name but anyway uh so now when he's taken over leading the country further down into the abyss uh, this woman moves in and now she is going to begin a new role combating online extremism <laughs> can't make it up jacinda arden who stepped down as new zealand's prime minister in january will begin an unpaid role this month combating online extremism do you think she has a do you think she has a personal vendetta here is that possibly what this is um she probably has enough money to go around so she's no worries there obviously she's not gonna you know she has a fine golden uh, plated roof over her head surely new zealand prime minister chris that's right chris hipkins thank you uh, ap for clarifying that who took over as leader of uh, from ardern announced tuesday he'd appoint ardern as special envoy for the christchurch call here we go all right there we go as soon as there's a white supremacist doing something then entire organizations can set up and uh, there's a an expectation that the entire system needs to be overhauled and changed on, be, on behalf of these uh, real bad criminals. But, you know, uh, whether it's a known white shooting up, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a nightclub or uh, Muslims bombing Europeans or something like that, uh, or now trannies shooting up a, a Christian uh, school. Yeah, it's fine. We'll actually we'll, we'll go out and we'll do manifestations f to protect the people that were the aggressor. That's what we've basically seen now. Hipkins said Ardern would begin the part-time role this month right after she leaves Parliament and that she'd declined to accept any pay. He said the role would be reviewed at the end of the year. Reminds me a little bit of the uh, misinformation com uh, committee, was it, under the Department of Homeland Security, the crazy, uh, the crazy lady singing, what was her name again? Uh, they're so memorable, these uh, people. Ardern launched the Christchurch call with French President Emmanuel Macron in 2019, two months after a white supremacist gunman 
killed 51 people at two mosques in New Zealand and the city of Christchurch. Uh, is that all they do? They re litigated this whole thing here. Uh, yeah, Chrysler's calls goal is to eliminate terrorist and violent extremist content online, which of course then don't actually mean uh, those kinds of things. It basically just means what they reinterpret and claim will will lead to those things if we don't ban and censor those things. And that basically means anything that's regime critic, anything that's dissenting towards the liberal progressive democracies and things like this, right? It basically it basically means anything, anything they see fit. And also, it's to, to protect democracy. Wasn't there? I'm sure there was a slew of those types of headlines too. Uh, there was. There was the all we need in order to save democracy. All we need are a few good dictators or something like that, right? Um, all right. Anyway, so more than 50 countries have signed up to Christchurch Call, including the U.S., Britain, Germany, South Korea. Tech companies to sign up include Facebook parent company Meta, as Amazon, Google, Microsoft, YouTube, Zoom, Twitter. The group says it has successfully developed new online safety systems and is studying the implications of fast-rising technologies such as artificial intelligence. Yeah, because that's really not on their side enough at this stage. Uh, anyway, so you, this is not a s small thing. This is, this is a huge thing that she's going to be leading here because it's basically going to seek to dominate the narrative and any of the language on the internet, specifically that they don't like. So heads up, uh, you thought you thought uh, you, you know your, your time uh, with horse face was over? Uh, no, no, no. We're going to <laughs> we're going to have many fruitful years. Uh, of uh, of uh, wonderful, a wonderful relationship here moving forward. Uh, Lycan Warrior says the very mention of the word Nazi slash fascist makes me spew liquid brown poop down my leg. Uh, uncontrollably. There you go. Yeah, watch out. <clears throat> That's, uh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Sarcasm, Lycan said. Thank you. Jimmy Phillips says, did Musk fire all the German employees and pull out? I think there was a Twitter GMBH and uh, for sure they had an office and people working in Germany. You know what? I think you might be. I think you might be right. Let me see. Uh, Twitter German branch. Let's see if we can find anything about there. Uh, Germany Postmortarium. Oh, just give me search result for Twitter. Search maybe Elon then. Let's see if something comes up for that. Uh, da, 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 da. Elon Musk free speech. Twitter faces a skeptical Germany. I don't know. Maybe not. Not, not that I can find right away. Uh, but remember the EU guy um, went to go meet with them. I forget what his name was now, but uh, he's like head of the digital safety or security or something like that in the EU. And they were shaking that awkward, weird handshake. They didn't think things like that. And it was basically them just saying, like, you need to, like, look, you might have bought this thing for 44 billion, but like, it's obviously it's not you didn't build that. It's not yours. Uh, and you need to bow down to us. Right. But uh, well, let's see what happens. Uh, but I wouldn't I would not be surprised if. If he just packs up and leaves from there, I think that would be one of the best things, kind of like how NPR left now, apparently. I, did, I don't have it here now today, but. <laughs> it was another thing he did fairly good, actually. Uh, he he labeled them state-sponsored media, right? Which you know, which is correct. Uh, essentially, they're, they're, they get money from. Look, there are some don big donors and stuff like that to NPR, uh, but obviously they get a lot of tax money. They're state-sponsored media. He should label SVT in Sweden like that. SR, right? Swedish Radio. There's a number of these outlets. I mean, for Christ's sake, most of the most of the mainstream established 
papers in Sweden and other channels get uh, government support. And in some cases, it's enough for them to not stay afloat if they didn't get those, uh, you know, that money. So, of course, that would mean they would never bite the hand that feeds them, right? So that the, all of this shit needs to be mentioned as state-sponsored media. But anyway, he, he did good on that. Uh, it was kind of funny. Uh, he took away some organizations, a little uh, special star and things like that. Uh, but so NPR is allegedly leaving uh, Twitter, folks. So very sad day here today. Uh, we're going to miss NPR on Twitter.com. All right. So this one is a good one here. Let me see, do we have one here? I don't want to miss. Uh, Spiteful Mutants says, uh, keep the family growing, Henrik and Lana. Uh, we intend to. Thank you. Appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Uh, let me check over on Rumble that we're caught up. I think we are. Yes. Okay. So, Biden's digital strategy, an army of influencers. Like they didn't have that already. Uh, President Biden's not yet official bid for re-election will lean on hundreds of social media influencers who will tout Biden's record and soon may have their own briefing room at the White House. Axios has learned why it matters. The move aims to boost Biden's standing among younger young voters who are crucial to the Democrats' success in the elections and to potentially counter former President Trump's massive social media following if he's the GOP nominee in 2024. Biden's digital strategy team will connect with influencers across the nation to target those who may not follow the White House or Democratic Party on social media or who have tuned out mainstream media altogether. What was the famous quote? Was it... Was it said that... Um, it wasn't, no, it wasn't like George Washington or something. It was like, a, I think it was an old, an old geezer back in like 1800s or something like that, maybe, uh, who said that the, the one who reads no newspaper at all is better informed than, than the one who does. Or I'm paraphrasing, but something like that. It'd be, it'd be better if these people have tuned in mainstream media. However, now they're getting shit from like TikTok and, and some of these other places. And of course, it's not much better there, right? It reminds me a little bit of what they did during the COVID uh, uh, jab campaign as well. They hired and just straight up paid. Uh, I We don't know how many. I think there was one database or something like that coming out about this. Uh, but in many regards, you can just guess by looking at their content that all of a sudden they started talking about how, remember we talked about it at the time, like, oh, make a... Uh, make a video about how uh, how excited you are about getting the vaccine and what are you what are you going to do after you've gotten the vaccine and you're going to get you know all these things right uh, and of course a lot some people got a lot of money to do that so they're not getting paid apparently but they're going to have access potential access to the ice cream liquor in chief uh, so what you know that that's a pretty it's a pretty uh, massive kind of draw just right there. Maybe you'll maybe you'll have a room at the White House with a bunch of other social media influencers. Fuck, I hate that term. Uh, four Biden's digital staffers are focused on influencers and independent content creators. The staffers officially work for the White House, not Biden's campaign. But reaching young and suburban voters is clearly a priority. Now, the young vo voters aged 18 to 29 uh, apparently, allegedly, prefer Biden over Trump by a 26-point margin in 2020 
And, well, you can't trust any of the numbers in 2020, by the way, but uh, and Democrats over Republicans by 28 points in the 2022 midterms. Remind me again who said that the Zoomers are the most conservative generation ever, <laughs> something like that. I forget what the cutoff age is for the Zoomer, but I'll look it up one day. I just don't care enough. Uh, a measure of the important importance team Biden is placing on its digital strategy, Rob Flaherty, who leads the effort, has been named assistant to the president, the same rank as the White House communications director and press secretary. Now, now they didn't drag in Dylan Mulvaney, but you remember the other um, uh, cross-dresser that they dr- dragged in to push the vaccine and stuff like that too? These are the kinds of campaigns that the Biden regime have, have been doing. We're trying to reach young people, but also moms who use different platforms to get information and climate activists and people whose main way of getting information is digital, said Jen O'Malley Dillon, White House Deputy Chief of Staff. Hundreds of unpaid independent content creators have been given access to Biden's White House. They include, now let's take a look at a couple of examples here. Harry Sisson. Sisson, is that a French? Sisson, Sisson, a 20-year-old NYU student who breaks down the day's news on TikTok. Let's, let's, check, let's check out a video here. Oh boy, this, this looks good here. Representative Justin Pearson, who is one of the Democrats that Republicans expelled from the Tennessee legislature, has just been reappointed back into his position in the legislature. And after that happened, he gave a speech slamming the Republican Party. Take a look at the video of his amazing speech. My fiance, my brothers, my family, my parents, Can I pause? My family. Hey, TikTok. Um, I don't know, is that uh, maybe I'm just getting old, but that's just fucking annoying. What an annoying. <laughs> That's very annoying. So call me gobbledygook, essentially. Get it. Yeah, so it was basically like a holocaust because they expelled these three, right? And then they they put them back in there again. Uh, The Tennessee Three. I don't think we've covered this yet. Uh, Does he come back in? He's very... Or was that it for him? Yeah, he just... Okay, yeah. So there you go. One minute. Okay, one more. So we have some massive breaking news. Representative Justin Pearson, who was expelled from the Tennessee legislature by Republicans, has just been reinstated back... But this is the same video. I just saw this. Just saw this. Give me something new. Okay, here we go. So I just learned that Donald Trump's former press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, also attacked me on Fox News yesterday. So let's take a look at what she had to say about me. And then there's this, Emily. This was an interesting passage from Axios. We actually asked the White House, this is a TikTok user, when are we going to get press briefing passes, said Sison, who had 660,000 followers on TikTok. The result, the administration is moving. It's it's over, folks. (laughs) Towards giving influencers their own Briefing room. If you thought there were softball questions now, imagine the TikTok stars asking Kareem Jean-Pierre questions. I don't know if they'd be asking anything. I think they would just simply receive that the sound, the sound bites that this administration gives no, them. No, no, no. Really, Kelly? Do you think we'd be getting? He'll be. He'll be real tough. Uh, with the, the ice cream liquor. Giving them softball questions because anytime that I've gone to the White House and someone there asked an administration official a question, it's always been a good, tough question. And to the person on the side who said we'd just be using sound bites, obviously they have no idea how any of this works. But if Fox <clears throat> News wants to attack me and other members of Gen Z, that's fine. It's just going to badly backfire on them. 
So I just learned that Donald Trump's former All press right. secretary... And so this is what TikTok, they just plays the same video over and over again. All right, anyway. Okay, that's a great... So super edition right there. <clears throat> Next one. Uh, a lot we could say here, but, you know, we'll, 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 okay. Vivian Tu, a former trader who discusses financial topics in short clips on a TikTok and Instagram. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, boy, this looks good. It's really inspiring to feel like you can kind of do anything if you feel like you are in the driver's seat. That is so true. I okay, okay, hang on. <clears throat> what? <laughs> there's a question. A question. What is the Korean vegans recurring nightmare? This is this is number number one pick by the White House here. Uh, actually, sorry, number two, I guess. Then uh, this is their videos. Remember, growing up, one of the most recurring nightmares that I've had was that I was in the car and I was in the back seat and I was maybe two or three years old. I was just sitting in the back seat and like there was, was like this sense of dread and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I peer over into the front seat and realize there's nobody in the driver's seat and that the car is just moving. And I think that my biggest fear has always been that somebody else is in control of my destiny and that I am incapable of doing the things necessary necessary to take over the driver's seat and it's been a right, okay we'll, we'll, we'll try one more here uh networking for introverts here's a zoomer special attention all introverts i know you hate networking but unfortunately for you it's not the smartest person who gets paid the most it's the most socially adept so i'm vivian your bff and your favorite wall street girl who's gonna show you how to network even if you're shy one avoid large group settings this this is a nightmare for introverts there's way too much happening all at once. Instead, opt for one-on-one -on -one meetings. Hey, Jen, do you mind if I put 15 minutes on your calendar for coffee? I'd love to put a face to a name. I just joined the team. Two, if you have to be in that type of nightmare scenario, <laughs> find a buddy. For some reason or other, every introvert I know has a loud extrovert friend. Let them know in advance if there's someone you'd like to talk with. And it's okay to be Maybe you should get off TikTok and get just get... Just turn the fucking spaz shit off for, for a few minutes. Go out in nature, take a few deep breaths, and just drop all. How about all dropping all the LGBTQ activism or something like that? Uh, all right. Anyway, seven up. Here's something else here. My grandma died, and I just got my inheritance. I'm so sorry about your grandma, but please listen to me. If you are a regular millennial with lots of debt and very little savings and investments, this could be your biggest opportunity to become financially stable. Generations before ours were able to amass a lot more wealth, meaning inheritance is going to be a much bigger portion of our lifetime earnings. And who could blame us? We hit adulthood by going through two recessions, seeing exploding student debt, rising home prices. So if your grandma can help you, make sure you're taking advantage of that money by one, setting aside three to six months of living. To, to uh, <clears throat> fling some criticism in the other direction, I thought the, the boomers' specialty is to not leave anything behind, right? It's to spend it all before <laughs> before they pass on. Uh, all right. Anyway, that, that's enough of that. All right. So as you can see, um, two great choices here by the White House to become uh, only a few in the army uh, of influencers that they're going to hire. So look forward to a law, an extraordinary amount of gay content here coming up uh, in, I'd say, starting probably within, what are we now, 2023, April. Uh, I'd give it, six, give it six months, something like that, and get this team in order. And you'll be able to see a lot of a uh, lot of cool stuff, right? Uh, <clears throat> all right. Now here's uh, here's another one here for you. Uh, speaking of uh, of people, <sighs> speaking of hatred for journalists, right? Because that's kind of one of the themes here. 
Actually, let's begin with a tweet because it, it, it puts everything in context here. Sarah Jones, she's a senior writer uh, with New York Mag, New York Magazine, uh, and they have a sub paper, I guess, or whatever, called Intelligencer. She said, the parental rights movement actively threatens the safety and well-being of children. And by extension, here it is, right? Democracy itself. <laughs> that's, that's what it is, right? Liar. Liar. What is it with these people that always want to have your kids? Like they need access to your kids. They they need to basically say it's your kids are not your own, and this is a this is a huge problem. Uh, so in order for us to save not only them but democracy, we need to have act. We need to decide. If you think you 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 have some kind of right over your own children, well that's that's a b big problem. We can read a little bit here. Uh, the idea that underlines the right wing campaign for parents' rights. <laughs> I love. It. Love how they put that in context. Yeah, she begin with uh, uh, proverbs out of the Bible here. Uh, about she, yeah, the Book of Proverbs says to certain right wing Christians, the concept is simple: a child can be broken or stamped into shape, much like any domesticated animal. Yeah, because that's totally not what's being done when you send your kids to uh, to an LGBTQ friendly school or anything like that. They're not being uh, broken down or uh, formed by the the agitator and activists at these schools and stuff like no then they're just they're they're just presenting this huge an array a spectrum of things that you can think and believe and think that's that's usually how it goes with these people right so it's only it's only bad right wingers that do this to their kids the parental rights movement is not new but it's enjoying a resurgence oh no adherents say they're protecting children from hard harm broadly defined after an art teacher at a Florida charter school showed student a picture of Mich Michelangelo's David, parental complaints force out the principal. I, I bet you there is, I bet you there is like a thousand other things behind that story, and I doubt that's the only thing. But whatever. Okay. <clears throat> if look, if they don't want to see a little Jewish penis, right? They shouldn't they have the right to say? <laughs> <laughs> to say no. All right, anyway. Uh, members of Moms for Liberty call for book bans across the country. Books with LGBT content are at are at special risk of removal. Yeah, because they're basically uh, indoctrinating uh, your kids. Uh, they're sexualizing everything. They're teaching blowjobs to fifth graders. We've, we've been over this many, many times. That's the reason. They're basically seeking to protect children uh, against uh, grooming and molestation and pedophiles. So you don't have right to these kids, right? But you think this is you think this is new? Any of this stuff is new? They they resurface occasionally with these kinds of things, right? They they break down. She she goes through this more and brings some more examples out. It's oh, it's Matt Walsh, you know, Oive, uh It's uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders for pass signing a bill into law that makes it easier for companies to hire children under sixteen years old. Yeah, that's right. If you if you want to have them. Uh, get it, get, be able to get a job sooner, that's a huge problem. You see, then that's slavery kind of thing. Uh, but on the other hand, sexualizing fifth graders and having them how to, how to, how to seek, you know, suck dick or whatever, sort of the bad language. Uh, but that's what they're teaching these kids now. That's okay. You see, that's that's protecting them. That's just showing them all, the, all the wonderful things you can be. Oh, you're going to be when you go. 
Well, I don't know, but I mean, a thousand, it sounds good to be, just, listen to the, here's, speaking of which, here, here it is. Norm MacDonald had a perfect uh, summation here of like the pri- being proud over like the, the gay thing, right? Um, summarizing this better than I ever, ever can. L- listen to this. He has a very good point. Stand up, I'll do jokes that are, uh, that I, th- like one time I was doing this thing in San Francisco and they were all gay uh, people in the audience, they told me. So I figured I'll in do In San it. Francisco? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I figured I'd do stuff about gay people so that they could relate to yeah, it. Yeah, it's warm up. Right. <laughs> they love that. And so I was talking about, because I went to this gay pride parade and I saw in it there were these uh, old men and old ladies like with these uh, signs that said, we are proud of our gay son. You know, and so I was saying, that's an odd thing to be proud of, you know, because it's not an achievement, you know, it's not like something you work all your life to be gay or anything like that. And I, I well, it is now. just wondered, I just, I, I had a hard time believing that these 50, 60 year old men are actually bragging, you know, at work like they're, hey, uh, Bill, you know, uh, my kid, oh my God, we're proud of him, Johnny. He uh, graduated from Harvard, you know. A first in his class, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, now he's articling over at a law firm and, uh, oh yeah, he loves cock. You would never see something like this on TV. He can't get enough cock in his mouth, his ass, his kids always cock. <laughs> I, got a, I got a picture of the boy here sucking another man's cock. I want to show it to him. <laughs> To watch the maturation of you. All right, and then he ru- Miller ruins it after that. But <clears throat> no, this is this is what the that's the that's the pride movement right there. It's all based around that, and of course now it's more than that. Now it's like chopping off your genitals and all these weird things, like a neopenis, you know, a fake vagina, and all these kinds of things. Absolute, absolute, just slaughter, right, on these kids. And so, of course, parents say fuck that shit well let's take them out of school and they, well, immediately now they start and complain right oh you think you you think you have some right to to uh to take your kids and control uh, control you know decide over them or control your kids until they're old enough teach them things so that you can actually equip them enough to <laughs> to live a, a, a life outside of your uh your shit propaganda so it reminded me of this clip this is like 10 years old i think we played it at the time uh, or at least the audio version of it, maybe. Yeah, no, we played the video version of it at some point. She got enough push pushback. MSNBC's, M- M- uh, what's her name again? Melissa Harris Perry. I don't know if you guys are been around long for this one. MSNBC plug, and they're ta- the whole campaign was a lean forward. And she's talking about how basically your children are not your own. Now, I don't think she lost the job at MSNBC over this particular clip. But there was a number of issues and it was enough people pushing back. It became a, a big thing at the time. But see, my point is they never give up, right? As good commies, it just resurfaces a little bit later and here they are. Check this out. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Lean forward. There we go. MSNBC. Remember that old goody? Goody? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so children are not property. And they put it in that context. It's basically slavery for the parent to try to, uh, you know, 
rear the child, essentially. Oh, no, 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 it's not yours. It's the whole community. You see, it's, we can indoctrinate it however we see fit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is incredible. But we're seeing, uh, at least in the U.S., where you can homeschool a huge amount uh, of people just backing out of public schools and just like, we're done, we've had it. And look, it might not be easy, but it's going to be a thousand times better than, than sending them to these public schools and people like this uh, who's going to, you know, ruin your kid's life forever by indoctrinating with a bunch of LGBTQ stuff. Uh, absolutely sick, people. Incredible. I think she got a little bit... She, and by the way, of course, right, immediately, uh, people are like, uh, Sarah, do you have uh, do you have children? And, uh, and then this old goodie was pulled out uh, from 2016, granted, but I don't think much have happened. I think the egg carton might be empty by now. Uh, she said here, I don't actually believe my cats are like children, but I call them the kids because I've raised them since they were babies. <laughs> they make me happy. They purr a lot and are cute, and I don't need a, uh, to save for their college education. It's pretty great. There you go. Of course, of course, of course these people don't have, uh, have kids, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Same thing every damn time. Okay. So, we got to talk about the, uh, the Pentagon... Uh, leak here a little bit too the uh, the document right that was leaked um, on a Discord server is the uh, line here and immediately there were damage control uh, and uh, Pentagon officials and uh, this guy uh, is it John Kirby I think it is yes John Kirby came out and basically well we don't know it could it's it's all fake it's it's well it, the the documents are right but they've been altered you see so it's not really uh, you can't trust what's in them. So he went out and further warned journalists not to report on them. See how the military now, the U.S. government, that's that's what it is, right, is dictating to mainstream media what they can and they can't do. No, they, I don't think they have to worry too much about that. A lot of them brought that up right away. If you check many of the mainstream media reports on this, they, they basically reiterate the government's line. Um, oh, yeah, no, that's, we, we don't know. It's, apparently things have been altered in there, blah, blah, blah. This is what John Kirby said about the thing. Uh, listen to this. Again, without confirming the validity of the documents, this is information that has no business in the public domain. It has no business, if you don't mind me saying, uh, on the pages of, uh, of uh, front pages of, of newspapers or on television. It is not intended for public uh, consumption, uh, and it should not be out there. It should not be out there. That's right. <clears throat> so what is it? Here's a just a, well, a little quick thread here. Summarizing it, uh, so I personally think, I mean, I can't you know, 100% say this, but uh, I think they are probably, uh, there was some rumor about them being leaked on, on Discord because of, you know, they're trying to uh, own some some person that CIA was trying to, uh, um, you know, infiltrate a win over or something like that. It was some, some gay op operation or something. I, I'm not sure I, I trust that, but, you know, you never know. Uh, about these kinds of things, but somehow they got their hands on them, and the uh, the damage control here is basically well, they've they've altered things in there, see, and don't report on them. Okay, well they were altered. Why? What does it matter then if they report on them? Uh, if it's if it's fake news in there, isn't that good then in a way that it's getting the fake information? But then you tell me Russia, you know, somehow got them, but they altered altered them, but then released. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Um, 
Recently classified Pentagon documents containing information about U.S. and NATO plan and key details of ongoing war leaked. What info these documents contain? A small thread, right? Uh, Russia, so this is what they say, some of the uh, fake things. I wouldn't be surprised if this is true. That's my point. I wouldn't be surprised, and the only damage control they have is basically, no, 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 it's not true at all. Uh, so it says here, Russia lost 16,000 to 17,500 troops uh, in war, while Ukraine lost 71,500 by 1st of March 2023. Huge difference compared to narrative spread by Western media. Documents also outline expectations of weapons delivery to Ukraine from US and NATO with the training schedule. 12 Ukraine brigade under construction, the 9 brigade uh, already armed and trained by US and NATO. Six more will be ready by March, uh, by the end of March rather. Documents are of one month, uh, are mo one month old. Language is a bit wonkier rest by end of april the first brigade consists of 253 tanks 381 mechanized vehicles 480 motor vehicles and more uh, it means nato is not supporting ukraine into war nato is in the war uh, it's not ukraine but pentagon or the us that's planning every detail spring offensive will start in mid-april what is this i don't know every war details are shared with uh, F-V-E-I, uh, that's our five eyes, right? That's US, Canada, England, or UK, uh, New Zealand, and Australia, I believe. Now, there were some spying allegations back and forth as well, which I don't know if it's true. There was something about Israel in there, that the US is spying on Israel. Uh, okay, maybe, but that's kind of, those roles have been reversed for forever, and that's actually the, <laughs> these, remember the stinger things? I don't know about the, it's such a kind of, I don't look. I don't know how much of that is in the document. It was such an odd thing that the media brought up. Oh, what about Israel? It was someone asking them about that. Um, the, the, apparently, the U.S. is spying on like Zelensky as well, and it's like, do they really have to? But I mean, I would assume they want to try to keep tabs on the guy when they're sending billions and billions and billions to the guy. Anyway, it was odd things like that, right? But here's uh, uh, one of the little screenshots here: U.S. allied and partner UAF combat power build. Uh, with charts and breakdowns and stuff like that. I guess it would have to see if it was a PDF, unless it was like a scan or whatever. Remember when they released Obama's birth certificate and people actually went into the PDF and found that it's like edited, edited layers and things like that? It was the most sloppy job ever. It was almost like that they wanted people to find it so that people would run with it, say it, this is crazy because it's so obvious, and then they can just create this massive schism between those who just refuse to look at it and believe that it's true versus those who've seen the evidence in front of their eyes by just looking at it and saying, what well, don't you fucking understand? They've edited this. And then further just drifting apart, right? Polarizing. You won't even be able to talk to the other side of the other side of the aisle or whatever, the other political, uh, your political enemies. They won't, they will not even look at it. Maybe if, if, you know, we're lucky we can find Maybe something like that in these documents, but I doubt it, right? Um, they're probably true. Five Eyes is a joint intelligence uh, agencies of the US, UK, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. This document also contains information about China, North Korea, and Iran. Ukraine claimed these documents are fake. If these documents are correct, then it's not a good sign for world. This uh, tweet says here. Russia winning, NATO planning everything, Five Eyes involvement, planning regarding China, Iran, North Korea. All are hinting towards Third World War. 
rates stuff. So, of course, it could be a decoy or something like that, as people bring up there. Like, is it something they're dropping? Uh, but there seems to be enough kind of scurry around it. Like, oh, my God, is this not good? Uh, we're not sure what's going on with this here. They're probably edited, right? Um, the Economist said a leak of files could be America's worst intelligence breach in a decade. The classified material covers Ukraine's army and CIA reports. Right. <clears throat> On February 26, officials from the SBU, Ukraine's security service, came to a striking conclusion. Their own agents in Belarus had defied orders and attacked a Russian surveillance plane earlier that day. American spies were listening in. They noted the morsel of intelligence in a highly classified slide on the war in Ukraine circulated by Americans' joint staff on March 1st. Within days, that report, within days, that report and 50 others had been printed off and uploaded to the internet. It appears to be America's most serious intelligence leak in a decade. The leak files, which include a military assessment on the war in Ukraine and CIA reports on range of global issues, came to widespread attention when some appeared on Telegram, a messaging app widely used in Russia. Some had been published on Discord, a chat site popular with video game enthusiasts. Yeah, what was it? It was a... Uh, uh, it was actually a Minecraft uh, Discord server or something like that. Like you couldn't make it up. <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. Uh, but anyway, so just by judging, for it's very different takes on this, right? Here's The Economist, worst intelligence breach in a decade. Why some outlets are like, no, 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 it's fine. You know, it's like, um, it's a, it's just fake. Don't, don't worry about it kind of thing. Now, if it's true... If it's true, would you would would you not would you not see some kind of slowdown in the amount of, of financial support for Ukraine? You know, you kind of there's things like a lot of questions that circulate in the wake of something like this. Uh, you know, as we've as we've said before, I mean, like Russia can hunker down and they can do this for a, a long ass time, while the West and you know, especially the you know, U.S. and European countries are, I mean, going bankrupt, uh, recession inflation, running out of ammunition, running out of weaponry, running out of morale, right? We don't have energy. I've talked about all these issues before. Like, we're not in a good spot. And ironically, as they, them, create this, we played that clip in one of the West Warrior shows, uh, as the U.S. is creating an, an alliance of the aggrieved, right? That was one of the uh, comments. It might not always be because it's like they're super best friends, but they have a joint enemy, right, uh, together which is the, the U.S. And, and the West broadly and largely, it kind of gives credence that, to that idea a little bit that like they are literally creating a multipolar world order, right? And, and they're intentionally seeking a rise, uh, you know, an improvement, an ascendancy of the China-Russia alliance kind of thing. Uh, and they're seeking to demote the U.S. from a super, you know, superpower uh, position, which again, which could be good at the end of the day. It depends on how you view this. It could be worse off if if China and Russia get more, uh, you know, international, uh, you know, play to a certain extent. And and of course, we don't want to see the economic situation in the U.S. go to shit because, of course, a lot of people will suffer under that. But then at the same time, you think about how long is this going to go on? All the global homo stuff that these people who run the U.S. have been pushing on on every country around the world. It's almost like it's almost like a collapse. It's like a necessary e evil in a way to just like to just dislodge this grip and hold that they and it have hold over over the rest of Europe and other countries as well. Um, but it's also but it's also dangerous, right? Because you're seeing you're seeing a clear international polarization 
based on, on, on two very powerful entities, right? So one is BRICS, the other is like G7 or G8, essentially, or NATO, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and you could see them just ramping up to, you know, nuclear war, essentially, over this. Right? A, ma a mass die-off campaign. Uh, and that'd be that for us, essentially. Which is insane. I, th I You know, call me crazy, but I think we should be on good terms with some of these countries. Like, why not? Um, we don't have to do what they tell us. We don't have to import all the populations to their countries, but we can we can trade with them. We can be on good terms with them. Uh, and uh, But we're not getting that, are we? Uh, let me play a little bit of this one, too. I want to play you the... It, it goes goes a little bit to this of, of how how these BRICS countries, but primarily then Russia and China and some of these other countries, view not only the U.S., but just all of the, the West, right? They, they wheel out this guy... Uh, this is time here, right? Time. Four major takeaways from the leaked Pentagon files. And you just want to play this clip of, of how they're, I don't know, just the, the, the language and the type of personality. Like, you know, we, we, we focus on this of like how much of this LGBTQ stuff that they've pushed, like in the U.S. military and things like that. Look, it's still a very powerful war machine behind all this. But at the same time, they've turned their back on the major demographic group in the U.S., they're in, you're doing eternal weeding out of so-called, you know, white supremacists, which is it's just a euphemism for, like, people who take their own side, like what, normal white people, essentially. Uh, they don't hold any particular views where they hate other racial groups, but they just like, oh, they think uh, uh, white people should have rights, too. You know, you know how this goes, right? But then the, these are the spokespeople for this whole war machine. This is the State Department, I guess, but, but still, like, the whole... Just just listen to this a little bit of the questions and, and how he's answering them and just the demeanor and stuff like that too. Here, here, here we go. Listen to this here. Here's the here's the you know the powerful U.S. You know <laughs> that's the feeling I got when I watch this anyway. Oh oh well, I can't answer that right now. Here we go. After learning about the leak, the Department of Defense quickly referred the matter to the Department of Justice, which has opened a criminal investigation. The Pentagon has said they have taken steps to further restrict access to sensitive information, and an interagency effort has been initiated to review the national security implications of the disclosure and to mitigate uh, this impact of the release of these documents that could have on U.S. national security, uh, as well as the impact that it could have on our allies and partners. It has this department implemented any measures to restrict access to classified information that's in this building as a result of this leak. I just wouldn't get into the specifics of uh, operational uh, security uh, uh, decisions uh, regardless of, of, of the circumstance and what rules and policies that are in place. What I would say is that we... Uh, I mean, look, look, it's fine. Well, maybe it's not fine, actually, but... <clears throat> What, what, what is he, 2028, 20, maybe? I, I, I mean, it, it's okay. <laughs> He's a spokesperson. But, like, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, okay. Look, I have a clip. We'll, we'll just play a clip after this that just kind of summarizes everything. But let's keep listening. Take the uh, <laughs> By the way, I still say this. I, I, I'm going to be very interested in what the official, like, investigation actually claim. It'll probably be fake and gay, that too. It'll probably be be made up or they'll, they'll come up with something if anything or they just hope it will blow over and go away or something like that um, but it looks like this is a major fuck up on, on somebody's part 
uh, or it's or it's a hack or something like that, right? of uh, our intelligence and classified documents very seriously. Uh, and of course, as I said at the top of this, there is an interagency uh, effort that's been initiated to review uh, the, uh, the implications, but uh, I'm just not gonna uh, get into any policy changes that have uh, happened or not happened as it relates to this. Does that suggest that you have no uh, question about the authenticity of the document? Uh, the Department of Defense and the intelligence community is uh, uh, hard at work uh, assessing and reviewing the validity uh, of these documents, um, and I'm not going to get into any other specifics beyond that. I also, you're not in a position to deny that the Kremlin was behind this leak. I'm not in a position to uh, deny or confirm anything beyond what I said, as there is an investigation and process that is ongoing. Have you had conversations with your Israeli counterparts on this? And are you concerned more broadly that this leak might affect your relationship? with? Yeah, so here, here's that. Here's this pivot. I, you know, let's listen to the la last question here. We're like this. You're telling me after everything that Israel has done, against America and the wiretapping and the Mossad infiltration and intelligence uh, shit. Oh, but, oh my God, the U.S. is spying on Israel. Oh, I can't, be oh, I can't believe it. How is this going to ruin our, our relationship now? With Israel at a time when tensions between Israel and Palestinian groups are have sharply increased. Our partnership with Israel is deep. Um, it's deep, folks. <clears throat> deep like that... Uh, Big D, this guy's going to be taken later tonight. Woo! <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, it is an important partnership that we have uh, with Israel. Uh, but broadly, uh, what I will say is that I'm not going to read out uh, private discussions that are taking place between the United States and our allies and partners uh, beyond just saying that they are happening at the highest levels and we are working uh, to communicate uh, when we can. Putin! All right, <clears throat> there you go. It's all about Putin. Dangerous Putin. Oh my God, Putin have uh, you know? <laughs> Let me play it. Let me play this other clip here. Um, the West is a joke, right? It, it, this summarizes uh, my feelings here a little bit about this. Here we go. Do you realize the rest of the world laughs at us? Do you realize the Russians think we're all faggots? Do you realize most of the Eastern Bloc countries think we're faggots? Because we are! <laughs> we're an embarrassment to humanity! Brought to you by Pfizer. <clears throat> nice. I don't know who that guy is. If someone knows, I want to see the whole thing. Uh, that could be good, actually. Um, yeah, that's, basic, that's basically kind of the summation here. When you, when you look at this uh, stuff, right? It, it's like... They've pivoted now. It's more about diversity and inclusion in the military and stuff. And as I said, look, it's still a, a very powerful war machine here. Uh, but clearly, clearly things are on the decline uh, morally, financially, militarily, uh, resource wise. I mean, every, <laughs> and we're, we're ending up spending time on, on, on things like this. I have some other clip I'll show you here, too, of, of the issues that are like. The big converse, like as the country is like drowning in, in trillions of debt. This is Canada, the screenshot here, but you know broadly the West, right? Uh, the, these are the, these are the issues that we're fighting over right now. Uh, and it reminds me, John Kirby. We didn't play this one, but John Kirby earlier, he's a guy. He's like, you don't cover any of this stuff. It, it's it's all fake. But uh, so so you know, it's don't worry about it. But you shouldn't you shouldn't cover it if you're a mainstream journalist. It's so bad. 
he's basically like Baghdad Bob. Remember that guy after the Iraq war uh, invasion? Like, yeah, we're defeating them. We're uh, we're pushing out the American forces. You know, all that stuff is that uh, they try to blame recently, like it was Trump's fall with Afghanistan, put, you know, pull out and stuff like that. Uh, and someone overlaid John Kirby uh, on that footage out of Afghanistan with the, the disastrous pullout while he says, I didn't see any of that. Look at this. And so for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Not from my perch. At one point during the evacuation, there was an aircraft taking off full of people, Americans and Afghans alike, every 48 minutes. And not one single mission was missed. So I'm sorry, I just won't buy the whole argument of chaos. It's <clears throat> no chaos. It was totally fine. I don't buy any of that. It was actually Trump's fault. Uh, so here's the clip here from the uh, freak show here. Ontario NDP urges legal protections for drag shows. Firstly, it enables the Attorney General to create a 2S LGBTQI plus community safety zone to prohibit within 100 meters of the property any homophobic, transphobic act of intimidation, threat, offensive threats, offensive remarks, protest, disturbance, and distribution of hate propaganda within the meaning of the uh, criminal code. It also comes with it a penalty of $25,000 if prosecuted successfully. Do you realize most of the Eastern Bloc countries think we're faggots? Because we are! We're an embarrassment to humanity! <laughs> That's what, this is what it's become. L look at this. This is in New York, but it doesn't even—it doesn't even matter where it is. This is this is what we fight about now. We're, we're supposed to fix our civilization, but this is what we've become. Responsibility, our tax dollars, our responsibility, our tax All right, you got the point. <laughs> I forget what New York. There was some drag queens. Give you know, give us your kids. We'll, you know, we'll we'll look at them uh, in weird ways while we read stories to them. We might uh, diddle them later too if no one's looking. Some event like that, uh, and and that's what it is. Look, it's good that the I'm not saying that people are like trying to fight back against it. It's a real threat. It's a real problem. I'm trying to say it's it's irrelevant. But I'm saying. You know, and the discussions have ended up arguing with these people what a woman is. You know, kind of thing like why like we're being replaced. You see, I mean, as they push us into absurd levels, we're forced to take battles and kind of uh, really recede. Or what's the term? Uh, uh, just give up other fronts, other front lines altogether. Uh, there's no time. Now they're going for our kids. I thought we were going to try to stop the open borders you know kind of you know you're like overwhelmed it look if everyone got their shit together 
there's enough of us to fight all these battles on every front at the same time. But since that's not happening because there's an information embargo and they're trying to hold us back, they're controlling the flow of information, they're shaming people, they're banning people, all this stuff. Enough of us have still not woken up to what's happening and what's going on. We're, we're too few still. We need more people on our side to push back against all of this stuff. So we can once again, you know, re restore what needs to be restored, uh, you know, order. Um, yeah, it's like you think with everything that's been going on, it's like you think that it was like, uh, like uh, yeah, in the say, say case of the Christian uh, church, the the kids there and the and the adults that were shot, you think it was Christians that have just shot up a bunch of trannies somewhere, or like going going after them. That's how that's how the main establishment in many Western countries have reacted, which is insane. And we'll get to that too. Um, all right. Uh, a couple of here on Odyssey, real quick. Red Eye Spreading Truth, based style. Thank you, Michael57. I'm not sure. There's three, uh, three slashes. Thank you. Michael57DE, good to see you. Uh, as well, says uh, Hail Henrik. Tim Murdoch often refers to the five eyes and the nose, adding Israel in the mix, uh, because Mossad is everyone in everyone's business, and we don't do anything without their blessing. Hail the gods. Happy Woden's Day. Indeed. Thank you, uh, Michael. Yes, exactly. It's a little bit of a kind of a... Uh, it's always a cover for uh, Israel, and they're always trying to kind of downplay, well, they're a very small country, they don't hold much sway or things like that, which of course is completely wrong, because uh, many other people in the U.S., for example, already uh, controlling foreign policy and things like that, they might not be, in some cases, they literally are Israeli citizens, as well as Americans, they're dual citizens, right? But in some regards, they're not you know, Israeli citizens. People are like, oh, here's just an American. But then you realize, oh, they have an ethnic allegiance here, and they're controlling or influencing you know, kind of the direction of America. So yes, I think that uh, when you say the U.S. in the Five Eyes, you basically include you know, Israel uh, in a way. But uh, yeah, adding the nose, that's, that's totally fine. we got some creature here with five eyes and, and a big nose. Okay. Um, so here's another example, Queer Times, right? Remember the uh, the, the Bud Light uh, thing, right? Here's the, and again, this is a kind of a d distraction in a way, you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't really matter, we shouldn't be drinking this anyway, but it's a good example if that helps to, you know, wake people up to, to, to the absurdity of it all, so that's good, right? But so here's Bud Light's VP of Marketing, Alyssa Hein Heinerscheid, um, explaining this strategy of, of, of inclusive marketing, right? Oh, well, the boomers are dying and it's Zoomers. It's kind of like going back to the previous there, like the White House is just like, you know what, fuck all the other people. Uh, it's the new it's the new progressive generation that matters. Uh, so that's the one who we're going to target. So here, here it is. Listen to this. Well, I'm a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate. There was nothing political here whatsoever. I was thinking of the bot bottom line. My, my fiduciary responsibility to this corporation is why I brought aboard a tranny to represent Bud Light. Okay, got it. This incredibly iconic brand. And... My what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what does 
what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting <laughs> the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. ah, and representation yes. is yes, yes, yes. Let's have <clears throat> let's have men pretending that they're women because that will really win over the women too. And the and the Gen C. Uh, obviously, they will love this, right? Because they're the most liberal uh, ever, uh, and so they're going to start drinking <clears throat> Bud Light because we put uh, because we put this uh, deranged man on the can who's pretending to be a little girl. Uh, that's uh, that's it. That's that's going to do. We have the winning recipe here, folks, uh, and it looks like this. <laughs> it's it's completely uh, because of the uh, the bottom line, the bottom dollar. Of the heart of evolution, you've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. Uh, and kind of, it, you know, white, maybe. Can we get that? It was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. So and here's that here's that other approach. So, so folks, the reasoning she's given is the fiduciary responsibility to the corporation that she's working. Okay, well, what has been happening on the shelves, folks? Um, I work for an affiliate company. I am a merchandiser, and the sole product of the company I work for is Anheuser-Busch Products. So with all this canceling going on, um, there's, I mean, I've never seen such little sales in this past few days uh, on these products. And it's, it's sad because when people don't buy this beer, I don't make money and I can't feed my family. So it's kind of uh, heartbreaking, I guess, that, um, Anheuser-Busch did what they did. They don't know their clientele. So it's uh, kind of heartbreaking. Thanks, Anheuser-Busch. I may not be able to feed my family coming up here soon. Yep. There we go. That's uh, that's what it's all about uh, for this uh, <coughs> for this woman. She's totally not politically motivated or anything like that, right? Um, I'm not sure if there's an early life check on this, this one. All right. Um, so anyway, so this is this is what they're this is what they're referring to, right? They're they're just saying, well, looking at the statistics, um, this is the demographic group, and it's 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 a new group, right? It hasn't existed before. They've they've made up a new one. It's the Rainbow Coalition, in a way, right? Um, and it's just more, more and more of them, of them in these younger generations, meaning they, they identify here, as the, this chart shows here, as LGBT. I'm not sure what happened to the Q and the I and the P and the two S and all these things, but whatever. Uh, this is what they're uh, going for here. I think a lot of this is exaggerated, and I think a lot of it is because of the just intense, just insane amount of propaganda that we're seeing this increase. I think the, the, there isn't probably a an uptick of gender dysphoria because of a lot of different reasons, pr primarily 
an environmental one where we're poisoning our environments with this shit that we shouldn't uh, touch and eat and put on our bodies and breathe in and all these things. But we, we don't have to go over that now. But I've mentioned that many times. I, I think there is a, a trend there. But then, but the major uh, increase, as this shows here, of those who identify as LGBT um, is probably because of the propaganda. Well, they just say, well, sure, of course, or that's hip or that's cool or whatever. Uh, I'm not sure what the uh, sample group here is on this one. But they claim now that 7.2% of the U.S. adults identify as LGBT. And among generation Gen Z, it's almost at 20%. That means one out of every five people you meet is an LGBTQ American, whatever, which I, mean, I, I don't... Look, I, I think they would love to get in there early enough and essentially sterilize these kids... Uh, by convincing them that there's something that they're not, or you, you're, if you're a boy, you're really a girl, if you're a girl, you're really a boy, blah, 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 sterilize them, give them a neopenis, a new vagina, uh, you know, gash, a wound between their legs, things like that. I, I think they genuinely, the establishment would love to do that, but given enough time scale, right? Lana referenced some statistics as well that we see that it, the older these people get, the the less of that you see, where they're like, okay, they even some of them, they even went down this path, they now regret that. Like, wake up one day and realize, I won't be able to have any kids. I've been sterilized. This is a crime against these people, right? So the pushback, don't get me wrong, as we mentioned before, the pushback against this is necessary. Uh, it's absolutely vital. But they're throwing so many goddamn things at us that we're like, we, we can't keep up with it all uh, because of our, our, we're not enough of a number yet. Things like this will, will help, I think, to increase those numbers. So that's ultimately you know, in a weird roundabout way, a good a good thing, right? But this is one of those, like, just rip off the Band-Aid kind of moments, you know what I mean? There's so many things that are happening right now and going on at the same time. Uh, you know, the economy is declining and stuff, but it, it's 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 the fall, right? It, this is the fall. This is what it looks like. This is, uh, this is Caligula marrying his, his horse. There's other historical examples we could take, but a lot of people understand that one. Right, the Wall Street Journal had a, had a, a new study as well detailing the declining American values over the past couple of decades uh, in regards to patriotism, their religiosity, their aspiration of having children, uh, community involvement. Money has gone up, though, of course, right? The, the share of Americans who say that having children, involvement in their community and hard work uh, are very important values have also fallen. Tolerance for others, deemed very important by 80% of Americans as recently as four years ago, has fallen to 58% since then. And they go through some of the other stuff here. Um, so it is, it, it, I think it's true in the sense that yes, it is in decline, and, and maybe there are some truth to the, the uptick in the numbers, but this idea that they, same thing that they have done with so-called, you know, diversity or uh, open borders that like the whole establishment intentionally turns their back on the still major demographic groups in many many Western countries in favor of a tiny some cases tiny but yes growing minority is indicative of a propaganda scheme if these people had the fiduciary responsibility at mind or whatever uh, at these corporations they wouldn't do it like this and this drastically they would do maybe something parallel, maybe, or a little bit of this, or and then there's still the tradition. You know what I mean? There's like this, this is propaganda. That's what it is. 
at the end of the day, it's Black Blackwater, Black Rock, Vanguard, State Street, or you know these kinds of holding groups that that have the major uh, backing of these companies. It's it's not about the making of the money anymore. This that, that that era is over, right? They're crashing the system. We're going into a CD, CBDC now. Uh, new digital currencies, a, a financial reset. Everything's going to go through a reset. And so they're just driving everything into the wall as quickly as they can. Uh, and it's not about the money anymore. All right? e even the AI thing, I don't think we won't have time for that today, but I'll probably do it Friday. The whole, even the whole AI thing is now, but you're talking about how a UBI thing, uh, universal basic income will come in the wake of that just because of how many people will be unemployed by artificial intelligence. Uh, anyway, so let me repeat that issue of like, when you look at the, the, the reaction of uh, the US government after the shooting of these uh, kids at the Christian school, you think it was the opposite. You, th you think that there was so the so-called trans community was under attack. Listen to the press secretary here. And one of the things that we saw during the midterm elections is that people don't want their freedoms to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful, it is disturbing, and uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those, the trans community as they are under attack right now. But They're under attack. That was right after the shooting, and this is just a couple of days ago, the, the second clip here. LGBTQI plus kids are resilient. They are fierce. They fight back. They're not going anywhere. And we have their back. This administration has their back. We are so proud of the kids across this country who have organized protests and school walkouts to tell the politicians in their states to stop this legislative bullying. I know that these political attacks can really take toll on, on people's mental health. So I want to say directly to LGBTQI plus kids, you are loved just as you are, just the way you are. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, you call 988, the National Crisis Hotline. Uh, <laughs> you, you call, okay? Liar! What, what, what happened here? How, how is this? How is this? Po how is this possible? Oh, okay. The tra oh, the transgender community is under attack right now. Oh, really? Let's 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 check in. Hey guys, how's everybody doing tonight? Oh, what you gonna do? We're gonna dox us? No, no interest in that. Uh, we are gonna have a real conversation. Well, I would be happy to begin our presentation if you all would like to listen to our presentation. Uh, we'd be happy to begin our presentation, take any questions from those, and I would be happy to not actually give my planned speech and take any questions that you all have in a logical fashion. But you have to stop screaming and chanting at This is what we're dealing with. The vast majority. Hey guys. There you go. Look at that. Look at the trans community being under attack. I, I don't even know specifically what this. This is some pro-life, I, I, I think, event, right? 
But look at that, all the, the, the trans people out being, being, uh, being mostly peaceful uh, and totally not uh, targeting people, right? Uh, so, so then, of course, uh, in the wake of that, this is the next, next clip here. This is the opposition uh, that these people here are fighting against, right? This is the, this is the hardline position that is now being taken. Listen to that, when the news came out that the shooter at Covenant School was trans, my first thought was, my God, this is going to be used to further abuse, hate, harm, and seek to eradicate our trans siblings. Oh no, six Christians were just shot, three kids. What about the trans community? So what I want to just say from our community at Grace Point, if you are one of our trans siblings in the world, we love you, we see you, we support you, we will march with you, we will walk hand in hand with you, you are not alone, we have your backs, and we love you. <laughs> there we go, <clears throat> that's, the, that's the strong fascist opposition right there, folks. <clears throat> I we're in a bad state here. Absolutely bad state. Uh, Andromeda Wong says, uh, keep up the great work, Henrik. Thank you. Appreciate the support. Ziofree says, depopulation of the Goyim Ishmael worldview. Wonder if they are doing that in Israel. I don't think they are. Uh, wonder what the LGBTQ levels is in Israel, even w uh, with Gen Z. So uh, there is a little bit of a clue in terms of what's happening against Netanyahu. It's this interesting like very like a far left but still pro-nationalistic uh you know pro-zionist faction that seems to be very strong right uh, pr criticizing you know netanyahu's regime and the right wing uh, uh you know government there and these kinds of things and it looks like they're 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 fallen on not not all of them of course but many of them have are, are kind of under the same propaganda they've fallen for that they're they're part of that too the interesting difference though is of course that they're still hyper nationalistic, right? If if you will, they're kind of having a type of national socialism uh, in Israel, uh, essentially. Uh, the LGBTQ numbers, I don't know, but they they're trying to sell this uh, lie, right? Kind of thing. Uh, super, uh, it's the LGBTQ capital of the Middle East and things like that. And maybe that's true in parts of Tel Aviv, but if you go to Jerusalem or something like that, I, I don't think you can get away with with any of that. But it seems pretty sp split, to be honest. Uh, and they're, of course, having their kind of own internal turmoil right now. Um, Tommy Katz is great information as usual. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for the support, Tommy. Um, okay. We have, I guess we have a few more things we can squeeze in here uh, at the end. Yeah, we'll definitely have to wait with the Scottish right thing. But that's, it's, that's an interesting thing. Uh, but it's a different kind of topic, different pivot. Let's do this then. So the other thing... Uh, the other thing is, oh, well, we can show this real quick too. Just, just in terms of the decline, we'll just show the headline, but the decline of the West, right? Swinging holidays are on up. Here's why. Forget fly and flop. Today's holidaymakers are into fly and swap breaks. Annabelle Fenwick Elliott investigates. This is the uh, the Times of the UK. Um, just total moral decay. <laughs> right on every level and even in the article is like after covid just everybody went went nuts it's, it's interesting because it almost says if we can kind of force them in, inhibit them for a little bit and then you release that it, it's just like over the top kind of explosion of degeneracy afterwards it's just like really okay i don't know i i will never understand these people but uh what are you going to do uh they will maybe they will get aids 
uh, or some STD. Here we go. Here's a state state-sponsored news outlet NPR. Here's another religious leader, right? Uh, the Dalai Lama. Remember that time we covered like, oh my God, he's slightly based. He said that refugees in Europe will have to go back. You know, we put laser eyes on the Dalai Lama, all that fun stuff. Well, that's over. Turns out he's also <clears throat> one of these uh, pedophiles. It looks like there's no established religion anywhere that like is free uh, from the pedophile infestation. Uh, now, they're in among many uh, different branches, not just that. They're in schools, they're in kindergartens, they're in sport uh, organizations. They're, they're all over, essentially, right? But apparently, he told this little boy that wanted a hug uh, to kiss him on the lips, and then he told him to suck his tongue. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but uh, I assume this is like the the favorite, uh, if there's any religious leader that like organizations like NPR would... Um, you know, extol or raise up or praise, I guess is a better term. It would be someone like the Dalai Lama, right? They love their, they love their Buddhism, right? Kind of like new agey adjacent enough <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, here's the video of that disgusting display by the Dalai Lama. <laughs> And suck my tongue. <laughs> and he cuts off that. I'm not sure. I don't think he did it, the boy. Yeah, what was it about the uh, Dalai Lama, the Great Reset? Do you guys remember that? Um, yeah, I just get the, t <laughs> the tongue sucking result now. Yeah, he had it was a bunch of things that he did. Right, he talked about microchipping of people. Uh, I'm surprised he did that. Refugees have to go back. Kind of comments. He said, like, impossible. Regards to you, you know Europeans being becoming minorities in their own countries. I, I guess it was a temporary slip up. He didn't get the memo that you're not supposed to say that or something like that. Maybe he thought about his own treatment, right, of the Tibetans and how the Chinese. But then that was genocide. Maybe he you know followed through on that logical argumentation and thought, okay, well, that, obviously that would be the same thing. In fact, it's even worse what's happening in European countries. Uh, but yeah, no, all, all this weird stuff about like microchipping he uh, i'll pull it up he would be like he was like a cia uh you know not plant maybe but they had like you know been in some way kind of getting to him over the over a number of years and things like that he's like 86 so he'll probably go die soon and you have a whole new uh uh they're gonna find the reincarnated uh, llama again here uh at some point was it the yeah the fifth i think is right the great fifth dollar llama i think it's like number six gonna be coming up but anyway good riddance with this guy Holy smokes, uh, another pedophile. If he does this in public, imagine what he does in private, <laughs> right? All right, very bizarre. Okay, all right, guys, we're going to wrap up right there. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the show. I do have some other topics. We're going to save those for next time. Uh, I do want to mention the uh, stuff about Rick Strassman, too, uh, by the way. Haaretz had a very, very bold article uh, regarding basically Jewish supremacy. It was uh, quite, uh, quite surprising, uh, some of the language in there. Uh, so we'll probably cover that uh, Friday as well. Uh, and we have to cover the Macron thing that the how to how to survive a superpower split. Uh, it was actually quite an interesting article in uh, in the Economist and also Politico. Uh, they covered this which way 
are some of these countries going to go? Are they going to side with the BRICS countries or are they going to side with the G7, the NATO countries, America, you know, allies, basically remaining allies to America? Uh, it seems to suggest that Macron is saying we should not do America while it was over, you know, sucking the D of, of Qi over in China. Very bizarre in a way, but but also kind of interesting uh, if we're seeing that breakup of that, you know, monotonous order that we've seen for some time. Doesn't mean it's going to get any better, but it means it's going to be a shakeup. So anyway, we'll talk more about that later on. All right, guys, if you want to uh, support us, redhousemembers.com, head on over there, get a membership, 10 bucks a month. It gets cheaper if you get a longer one as well. Uh, it's down to uh, six bucks, 40 cents uh, a month if you'd get a two-year one. But of course, you can get uh, one year, nine months, six months, uh, three months, etc. Uh, but uh, that's a great way. Subscribe star. You can catch us there as well. Uh, we're on Odyssey. And also we do have uh, an executive producer tier and producer tier. Uh, let me find the latest here, guys. So if you want to check that out, we have you. Where do we have you? Uh, right here. Producer, executive producer tier. Uh, you can get that at Odyssey. You can get it at subscribe star or at redhousemembers.com as well. Uh, there's a backup option for you if you have any issues for any reason, donorbox.org slash redice. So thank you to our executive producers today, T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, I saw the second wanderer today as well in chat, good to see you here, thank you. Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yaki, Jill Bob, Last Place Simp. We also have Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, and JP. That's our executive producers. Thank you to Mr. Walker696, Johansson, Leroy Dumont, Snark, Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri New, Obadiah Hexwell, Single Action Army, and George Porge uh, as our producers as well. Thank you, guys. If we can get some resources our way, we're wanting to hire and expand, so you can uh, get one of those tiers, executive producer or producer over at... Uh, uh, all the regular place, places where you can sign up. All right, thank you, guys. We have uh, Spy Hunter <clears throat> says uh, over on Odyssey here, uh, faggotry is how Rome burned to the ground. America will follow the same fate. Uh, it doesn't look encouraging. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, it's uh, it's like it's a it's like it's a bigger cycle. I don't know what to do about it. Uh, uh, QE Cap, if that, I pronounce your name correctly, thank you. Says thanks, Henrik. Enjoy the show. Thank you so much for your support. Appreciate that. Uh, let me check Entropy real quick and Rumble and want to make sure we're caught up here so I don't miss anybody. I think we're caught up there. Thank you, guys. We appreciate the support as always. Good seeing you. Uh, so we'll be back Friday. More to cover then, as usual. Uh, until then, of course, take care, everybody. Stay safe. Be white-pilled because uh, in, in spite of all this, in spite of all the crazy ways that we're heading into the wall, uh, at the end of the day, that is going to be better. It's better to rip off that bandage. It's better to see the collapse of these rigid systems in a way. Uh, we just have to we just have to make sure that they don't bypass and step in and say we're going to fix the uh, you know the the chaos. We're going to restore things. Just uh, follow us down into the bunkers and we'll take care of you. Right? It's a real opportunity to become truly independent and build something new from scratch, which we actually can do well this time that's kind of the that's kind of the age we're in to be honest if i'm looking at the thing all right boys and girls we'll see you guys later take care have a great rest of your day or evening
Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.